Hey everybody, and welcome to Rabbit's Ramblings, Podcast 159. There has been so much hype about Dark Souls 2, and I'm kind of running out on stuff to play offline single player, so I decided to pick it up. So I'll talk about that in the first section. And in the second section, I got a chance to go to a live event where a bunch of people met up to play Hearthstone. So I talk about that in the second part. I don't have anything planned, I'll just kind of ramble about it. And that's all I've got for this time. So hopefully you'll enjoy the show. So I have played Dark Souls 2 for about 8 hours so far. I forgot to note the rating, so my bad there. The game is basically a medieval fantasy from a third-person perspective. You can't control the camera distance. I don't think it's sort of in a fixed position, but it is behind your character. The game revolves around you fighting your way around different areas and collecting souls. And from what I've seen, souls basically count both as money and experience. You can use them to either buy equipment or level up your character. The primary old school mechanic behind the game is that as you collect these souls, if you die, you sort of drop them all in the place that you die. So as you're exploring, you have to be very careful, one, not to die, and two, if you do die, to remember exactly where you did die. Now, when you die or you rest at a resting spot, basically it's a a sort of campfire, Everything sort of resets if you die after you've already died and dropped all your souls. Then the previous dropped souls will disappear. Whatever you had on you, that next death will be, you know, the new drop. So you can basically only have one set of dropped souls at any given time. So as long as you die and you can get back to where you were, it's not a big deal. But as you explore deeper and deeper there's a greater and greater chance you'll die, and then you'll die on the way there, and you'll lose a bunch of souls. So that's where the hardcore, old-school sort of aspect comes in that everybody really likes, I guess. I find it an interesting mechanic, and I'll go into that sort of at the closing thoughts part. For those of you who are a little bit older, or I guess into iPhone games, I would probably most directly compare the Dark Souls game to sort of a combination of Myst and probably a game not many of you, if any of you at all, have heard about called Die by the Sword. Myst was an old-school graphics adventure, and it focused basically on heavy exploration and a lot of really beautiful landscapes, and there were some challenging puzzles. And basically, it's like you had this area you could explore, and you had to figure out the various puzzles to sort of get to the next area. So it was all puzzles, it was all exploration, it was a lot of really interesting stuff going on in the environment. There was some lore, but from what I recall, a lot of the stuff was just kind of totally alien, and so it was really interesting to see and try to figure out what's going on. Not only, you know, in in terms of how to get past this puzzle, but what's going on in terms of, you know, this alien world 
It was a very interesting thing to explore and try and figure out. Frustrating if you didn't know what to do, though. Die by the Sword, which I don't think many of you, if any, will know, was kind of this really hardcore combat sort of medieval fantasy action game. It's like it had this really weird sort of combat control where you controlled where your sword went. And if I recall, everybody had, you know, basically one class. It was like a single character kind of thing. And there was basically what was the equivalent of an eight-way control on your sword. So if you pointed diagonally up left and then diagonally down right, your sword would kind of swing that direction. So it's this really kind of weird control system where you had to swing your sword, and if you only moved it a little bit, it didn't really do much damage. And really weird things would happen, like you would swing at the opponent, and the opponent would swing at you, and you'd both get kind of stuck in each other, and you couldn't move it. But it was really extremely damaging when you did do something. You know, you'd chop off a limb at the drop of a hat. So you'd get into trouble real quickly if you got hurt, and, you know, you'd pretty much die quite a bit in that game. And so, like I said, Dark Souls 2, and from what I hear, Dark Souls 1, sounds like a combination of both of these games put together. While it's interesting in theory, it doesn't seem to really work all that well in practice, in my opinion. Camera angles are bad to horrible, and controls are some of the worst I've seen... Well, pretty much since Die by the Sword back in the day. And while you can play with a game controller, it seems still really confusing and not like something I'm easily picking up. I tried using the game controller, and after using the keyboard for the pretty much first six or seven hours, I was like, yeah, the keyboard actually makes more sense. But still, like I said, there's a lot of bad camera angles. There's a lot of times where you go into a room and you'll be stuck and you can't see the right direction you need to see, and there's times where you want to lock on to the character you're fighting, and other times you don't want to lock on because you need to move around. It's really just kind of a, a bad, chaotic design that doesn't really seem to work all that well, in my opinion. I'd say probably a good 60 to 75% of my deaths have been because of these stupid things. It's like I, I can't see right, and I, I just dodged something. I can't see the opponent. So now they're going to sneak up on me and kill me. And it just seems really stupid. Compared to something like Infinity Blade, where it's a similar kind of thing in that you're trying to learn the pattern of the bad guy and when to dodge and how to attack. You know, Infinity Blade has a sort of fixed camera. You're not moving anywhere. If you dodge, you sort of just dodge to the side. But here, since you're actually physically moving your whole character and the opponent's moving around, it seems just really chaotic in practice. And it's like, you'll get into positions where you'll be in a tight hallway, and you can't swing your weapons because you swing out to the side. And well, you can sort of control for that by doing something like I'm doing, and you have a sword, and then you have a dagger, and the dagger sort of stabs forward. It still seems kind of unpredictable. Another big issue I have with the game is there seems to be this sort of, I guess most... Things would call it input lag, but it's not really input lag because I think it's designed as a core part of the game. But what happens is it seems like if I go to click to attack or, you know, during the times I've tried using a shield, if I go to use a shield, there's about a half second or so, maybe a full second sometimes before it actually registers. It's kind of like I'll go to say I'll, I'll 
It'd be like, hold mouse, and now he moves his arm up. It's like there's that half second, and it doesn't seem to make a whole lot of sense because it pretty much means that you have to hold your shield up before you get anywhere near the bad guy. There's this other game mechanic that you can be stunned. So even if you manage to block the shot, there's a chance it'll stun you, and then you're stuck for three seconds where you can't do anything. And they're going to do two or three more attacks, and then you're dead. So it's like, you know, why even bother having a shield if you can be stunned? But the same thing can happen, you know, if you get hit without a shield, you can still get stunned. And like I said, I, I guess there's a stat that you can build up to reduce that. But it seems really confusing and really stupid that you can have a shield, and yet, you know, you can be stunned for blocking. It's like, why have the shield? I can see how the mystery of this world would be interesting. And honing your skills in terms of learning the patterns of the bad guys and trying to position yourself perfectly and how it's much better to approach combat as a puzzle than it is actual action combat. But in the time that I've played, I've probably only managed to have, I'd guess, maybe an hour to an hour and a half of those eight hours played as actual playtime. The rest of the time, it's just like, I die. I have to go back where I was. I die. I have to go back where I was. I die. I have to go back where I was. And this will happen, you know, like 10 times before I figure out how to get past that area. So I don't know, you know, how much actual content is in the whole game, but I've heard people say they play, you know, 50 hours, 75 hours, 100 hours. So I don't know, you know, how much more there is in the game. But from what I've seen, it just doesn't seem to have a lot of mechanics that really interest me. And there's a lot of core design mechanics like the controls and the camera angles that just really don't seem to work for me. I've actually felt so disappointed by it that I contacted Steam and said, hey, can I get my money back because this is just terrible. They haven't replied. I, I don't expect I will get my money back. And I'll probably still try and struggle through it now and then. But like I said, you know, the aspects of exploration are really interesting to me. I do kind of like that. But the fact that I can go somewhere and be like, hmm, maybe I should go over here. Oh, I'm dead. You know, and it's like for a totally stupid reason. Just really make me want to quit and not go back and play again. While I won't give it a score due to my short playtime, this is one of the few picks that I've ever regretted picking up based on reviews from the masses. If you are considering picking it up yourself, I would highly recommend you figure out a way to get it sort of on rental, maybe from Redbox, I'm sure it's probably in there, and check it out, you know, for a short time before you spend the money for full price. Because I really, really don't think this is going to appeal to a whole lot of people. Oh, it's good to see you again. Pull up a chair by the hearth. So on Tuesday night, I went to this live event for Hearthstone. It was partly a tournament, but partly also to gather up people to get this special card back they're doing for a limited time. And the way you get the card back is you go and you do a match with somebody on the same network as you. So you pretty much have to go to like a LAN party or, you know, somebody's house, you know, who has a wireless connection and 
or I suppose, I suppose landline as well that you can all connect through. It was at this place called the Folsom Street Foundry, which is in San Francisco. And it was a pretty crazy place. I've never seen anything like this. I've never even heard of anything like this. It was basically what I would probably call a smaller warehouse. I mean, it's, you know, huge place. Probably a couple hundred feet, maybe half a football field size, I would guess. But I mean, you know, for a warehouse, I would think that's probably a smaller one. But inside there was like a full bar in the bottom floor. And then there was like, I think, a smaller half-size bar up on second floor, sort of in the back. And there was like four really huge projected images, I guess maybe 10 feet big each. And they had like, I don't know, maybe a dozen old school consoles and half a dozen to a dozen other kind of consoles, you know, anywhere from new school desktops that had current games on them to, you know, older stuff that was kind of like, you know, old consoles that are kind of outdated now. There was a bunch of beer pong tables set up sort of in the front and some other tables for general gaming, you know, board and card games. And then there was sort of this just sort of empty table area that the Hearthstone people hung out at. Most of them had iPads, and I was one of the few people that had laptop. There's probably two iPads or other tablets, I suppose, for each laptop person, which kind of doesn't really surprise me. I mean, it is the Silicon Valley and all that. But the strange thing was that there was no cover charge to get in, so I got in free. There was no charge for the tournament, which I guess they might change that in the future. I heard them talk about maybe charging a small fee in the future. So it's pretty much like you go there, you hang out, you can use the wireless to play games. There's a bunch of old school consoles there and a few new school consoles and you can bring your laptop. I suppose they might even let you bring in your desktop, though. That would be kind of a pain in the butt. And then you just play with your friends or or you can play card games even, you know, physical uh, card games and board games. That was kind of cool, too. There's a lot of people doing that. And I guess they make their money from the drinks, which apparently are not outrageously priced for bar drinks. I don't go to the bar or drink bar drinks, but I guess I, I think it was like five bucks for a beer or like six bucks for wine, which might sound really crazy in, in your area. But around here, drinks are usually more than that. But like I said, you know, I don't go to bars, so I don't know how much more. But apparently that was reasonably priced. I've been to a few bars a few times, and usually they charge you like three bucks for a soda, which is, you know, those little crappy plastic cups that's half full of ice. And they actually only charged me two bucks, and that was for an actual can. I took three Pepsis with me into the event. I figured I'd only drink like one, maybe two at most. But it was like so loud in there, and there were so many people. I was yelling for the whole time because you couldn't hear anybody hardly at all. So my throat was getting really messed up, so I had to drink Pepsis pretty much all the time. But it's pretty cool. It's pretty fun. I have a couple of videos up on my YouTube page for uh, the event. Uh, one was sort of early in the evening when it just started. And one was sort of, I guess you could say, at the peak of activity when the most people were there. So if you're curious to check it out for yourself, you can peek at that. And I'll probably put a link to the, the site in the show notes. They have a few pictures of the place there as well. You can check that out. That's kind of cool to look at. But it's pretty cool to go and, you know, see some of the people who play, you know, Hearthstone locally as well as, you know, other games, obviously. 
There was, I think, like 30 people in the tournament. I probably only met about half a dozen really well, you know, spent time with them and stuff, and maybe a dozen total overall. But it was pretty cool to see people there, you know, that played the same game as I do and, you know, enjoy it just as much. Apparently, the person who sort of organized it said he wanted to start doing it like every week. But I, I can't go that much as as much as I'd love to because, you know, it's got really good wireless there and stuff and, you know, it costs nothing to get in. It did cost, you know, like 15 bucks to get up there from where I normally hang out. So not really feasible to go there a whole lot. In the summer, since there is more activity, you know, and it's more dangerous for homeless people to, you know, be caught and such, I might go there a little bit more frequently, possibly like every other week. I don't think I'd go more than that, but I don't think I'd go more than like once monthly, you know, after that. But it's pretty cool to know, you know, there's this local place that, you know, is free to get in and there's people doing gaming stuff there who doing the same kind of gaming stuff I'm doing, and, you know, potentially go and meet some people and stuff. And like I think I've mentioned before, once Wildstar releases at the end of the month, I'll probably start going to the gaming cafe once a week. I doubt I'll meet anybody there or, you know, hang out with anybody there. It's a different kind of atmosphere, you know, being at an internet cafe, LAN place, as opposed to like a bar where people are hanging out and having fun. But it was pretty cool. Nobody was ridiculously drunk. I mean, there were a few people who were obviously drinking quite a bit. But it's very different from a standard bar where people are drinking a lot and they're all like, you know, being crazy and whatever. Because everybody's, you know, mostly gamers. And I think gamers tend to be a little more, I don't know if subdued is the best word, but maybe conservative in, in how much they drink. Anyways, it was a lot of fun. It was pretty cool. I'll probably go back in a few weeks, maybe talk about it again. But I don't know. I I wouldn't be surprised if there was a much lower population because this was like the first big event, you know, tournament thing. And I I would think that a lot of the excitement for it would kind of subside after the first big event and probably be a while before it builds up again. But who knows? It was pretty cool and fun to do. And I had a good time. And maybe I'll go back, you know, in a couple weeks. So news for this time, Wildstar, mid-weekend happening, pre-orders, blah, 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 release at the end of the month, with official launch June 3rd. Amazing Spider-Man 2 should be out by the time you hear this podcast. I'll probably talk about it next time. Godzilla is due out in two weeks on May 16th. X-Men Days of Future Past on May 23rd. And that's it for the news.
So I guess that's it for this week's Rabbit's Rumblings. There's no prize treasure. Hasn't been one in a while. Nothing really special going on or interesting other than what I talked about. So I guess that's it for this time. And hopefully I'll see everybody next time. Okay, thanks, bye. This isn't happening, Dale. We're not here. It's just a bad dream. Oh, I agree completely. Why, we'll wake up any minute to Harper and have a laugh about all this. doesn't seem to have a lot of mechanics that really interest me and there's a lot of core da- you have been listening to rabbit's ramblings if you would like to see the show notes or feed the bunny by sending a donation you can find the show website at www.rabbit.com/podcast slash rabbits ramblings dot html when you type rabbits ramblings don't use the space if you would like to send me an email you can do so at rabbit at rabbit dot com if you like my page you can also post on facebook at rabbit dot com you can follow me on youtube at rabbit dot com be sure to put the number one in place of I anytime you type rabbit. Rabbit's Ramblings is copyright 2014 and is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Share Alike license. <laughs>